Geopolitics and Empire is joined by Dr. Mark Circus, who is a Brazil-based acupuncturist, doctor of oriental and pastoral medicine, prolific writer and author of heavily referenced medical and health-related books. I've enjoyed listening to him for years and other health experts uh, like him, such as Dr. Mercola, Dr. Rath, and many, many more. We'll be getting his take on COVID, big pharma, and what he calls medical terrorism the unrelenting censorship that he and many others are experiencing, the fraud of climate science, which he has been so eloquently writing about, and the plans of the global elite uh, oligarchy and their great reset, uh, all topics he has been touching on in his essays, such as Dark Days Ahead. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Circus. How is 2021 treating you so far? Pretty good. I live out in the end of the world here in the central highlands of Brazil, far away from the maddening world surrounded by nature. I live in paradise, so I have no complaints. Yeah, that sounds good and something uh, I guess some of us can aspire to. I'm, I'm here in Mexico, not too far away. It's, it's, it's so far pretty good in Mexico. And so, Dr. Circus, we've been talking a lot about COVID-19 and geopolitics and empire simply because the resulting uh, government policies are such an all-encompassing attack on our freedoms at a global level, and the consequences touch deep, not only in health, but economy, politics, biopolitics, geopolitics. Uh, but before we delve deeper, in your mind, you know, what is COVID-19 and, and what is the best way to medically treat or deal with the problem? It's a complex question, actually. But, uh, well, it's a very easily treatable disease. And so everything they're doing, the health officials are doing, <clears throat> is totally wrong and totally stupid and totally destructive and very aggressive and very cruel. These probably are the cruelest men in history, damaging the whole planet, the whole world, billions of people. I have nothing nice to say about any of these people. You know, a lot of people call it a scam, but that doesn't really cover it. And some people go as far as, uh, well, does the virus really exist or not? Certainly, the two million people who have died of COVID deaths are not dying of COVID deaths. That's part of the scam. It's most of the people who have died are dying also of other diseases at the same time. The people, you know, World Health Organization and people like Dr. Fauci, they're totally repressing and from the very beginning said there is no treatment for this disease, only a vaccine. Well, that was the biggest lie probably in the history of the world because there definitely are treatments, simple treatments pharmaceutical treatments, natural treatments, and though people die all the time, if it wasn't for what I call pharmaceutical and medical terrorism, millions of people who have been dying every year don't need to die, or not so fast. One of the greatest repressed medicines, which I've been writing about a lot lately, goes back to 1918 during the Spanish flu epidemic. The doctors who use sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, none of their patients died because science knows that viruses are, if you believe in viruses and the viral theory of medicine, viruses are pH sensitive, just like everything else. All biological processes in the body are pH sensitive. Viruses really uh, like acid conditions and they penetrate the cell walls when things are acidic, but when things are alkaline, they don't. So it's a very simple solution that nobody in the world of medicine is talking about, but it goes back over 100 years as a history. Now, I've written a book. I was the only doctor until recently, I think there's a second one. I'm the only, basically the only doctor in the world who's written a book about sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, and uh, the first title, the original title was Rich Man's Poor Man's Cancer Treatment. Uh, it would, then the second edition was published in New York uh, without that title. And now I'm writing the third edition. And this is 10, 12 years later. I don't, don't, can't even count the years anymore. And I just rewrote the, essay, the chapters on, on cancer. Of course, many more people have died in cancer in 2020 than they have in, of covid even though most people who die of COVID also are obese, have diabetes, heart disease, many, many more people died of cancer. 
but they don't even, you don't see any of it in the news anymore. The only thing that counts in the world is COVID deaths. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you can die of gunshot wounds, but they can list you as COVID death. You know, something like the repression, because it's so cheap and so widely available, bicarbonate, sodium bicarbonate, potassium bicarbonate, or magnesium bicarbonate, this would bankrupt the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies. So part of pharmaceutical terrorism is the repression of simple medicines that the whole population of the planet can use to remain much healthier. And this is especially true for people who live in cities, who live on planet Earth, which is now a toxic planet. The more toxic your surroundings, the more you need bicarbonate in your bloodstream to buffer the acids of heavy metals, chemical substances. So it's a big subject. It's a big subject. And even, even the pharmaceutical responses, the, the, the sane ones to COVID, like, uh, I'm not sure how you say it in English, Invermectin? Mm-hmm, something like you know, that. They yeah. repress that until, um, pa- yeah, a passion doctor just about a month or six weeks ago got in front of the American Congress and cried about how he didn't want to watch any more people die because there are pharmaceutical responses, different drugs that have been around for decades. Now, I'm a naturalist. My whole medical approach is natural medicine. Even though the medicines that I champion are used in ICU departments, emergency rooms, ambulances like sodium bicarbonate, magnesium chloride, iodine, injectable selenium, these are natural substances that they don't like to talk about because they're natural. So I'm not really into Western medicine, but in in this pandemic, which is really a pandemic, some people call it, it's um, they even repressed the medical appropriate from the Western paradigm, medical responses, because they just wanted to sell the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And now they're killing people, killing people with the vaccine. Yeah, that, that was one of my, my questions. I was just going to say that uh, on your website, you list other things that are helpful, such as, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D. Uh, when I got sick, possibly from COVID uh, in the winter uh, in Kazakhstan about uh, a year ago, I decided to take like 50,000 milligrams of ascorbic acid. And in a day or two, I was just back to normal, as well as, you know, uh, a higher dose of, of vitamin uh, D. And so I was going to ask you about these vaccines. You know, they're so-called vaccines. Some people have called them not vaccines, but rather medical devices or gene therapy. Uh, there, and there are countless reports coming out that people are dying from these vaccines, being injured oh, yeah. by them. And it's 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 uh, some countries or cities have even suspended uh, the vaccination campaigns. And it's almost like 1976 swine flu all over again. And now governments are saying they're going to require vaccination and digital vaccine passports in order just to travel, go shopping or buy food. So what's your take on these vaccines? Worst possible thoughts that we can have apply to this vaccine. About uh, 18 years ago, I wrote a book called The Terror of Pediatric Medicine. You didn't have to even read the book. Just the title was enough. It was all about vaccines. You know, it's a, it, vaccines are championed as the, the greatest breakthrough in modern medicine. It's actually the f- basic form of terrorism, injecting babies at birth with, the, um, with mercury-laden vaccines, heavy metals. I mean, it's a terrible story. And that's how I got really into onto the world stage. That, and then when I went into magnesium medicine, it's, well, you know, after 18 years, and I've published many things through the years, I had to stop publishing about vaccines three years ago or lose my sight because of the uh, digital giants and their Nazi-style repression and censorship. Um, Macola hasn't stopped. I try to resist publishing things that have people and the, these big digital giants uh, uh, for me. But after all these years, the situation's gotten worse. Worse. All the people who have been anti-vaccine, here they come with an injection that, and there's different ones, of course, but the ones used primarily in the United States and in Europe, um, they're not vaccines. They're, they're genetic engineering. 
They're not heavily tested. There's no proof of long-term safety at all, none, zero. And I cried several times. There was a video of a nurse, oh, I guess it was about, I guess it's in December. One of the first nurses, she was the head of a team, to take the vaccine and then go live on television um, talking about it. And there she was, a beautiful woman, standing there. And then all of a sudden, she starts getting a little woozy. And then she just falls over. She she collapses on TV and was ne never heard from again. Of course, they denied and denied, denied. Meanwhile, the CDC is reporting massive amounts of deaths. And who knows how many they're not reporting, but they're updating their, their results. It's killing people. They started out with the old people, and it was never tested for old people. And surprise, surprise, people die right after getting the vaccine or one day or two days later. It's a nightmare. Nightmare. Hitler did never had such a dream mm -hmm. to annihilate. Or, they, or It wasn't so much Hitler. It was the pharmaceutical companies in Germany who built uh, Auschwitz, and they just enjoyed testing on the, uh, on the prisoners. Well, that's what these people are doing with smiles, Dr. Fossey. It's, it's a nightmare. I mean, I could use all kinds of words, but it's a nightmare. It's, um, and it's a sign of our times. And it's, it's a clear, clear vision of this nightmare scenario that we're going into as the whole human race is being lied to with the virus, which is speeding up, accelerating enormously the financial and economic collapse that's going to fall down on the whole planet. I mean, it's already falling down on millions who have lost their jobs, but just everything is still working. I don't know how much longer things are going to continue working because they've just basically destroyed the financial or economic structure of the world, which was going down anyway, but now we, 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 accelerate. we went to warp speed. And these next few months, you know, they're only holding everything up by printing trillions. You've, you've written some really good essays, which I um, recommend listeners. I mean, I recommend listeners bookmark your site and subscribe to your newsletter. You've written, you know, what are we going to say to the children and dark days ahead, especially. And, you know, what, what you're beginning to describe is, you know, what, what has come out of this COVID is what is now being called the Great Reset. Uh, and, and some of the people you cite in your essay, such as Dmitry Orlov, I've interviewed multiple times, and all of the others you cite, uh, I read on a regular basis. Egon von Greyers, Charles Hugh Smith, John Whitehead, Brandon Smith. So we're thinking on the same uh, frequency. And so, you know, the, as you said, the global elite have, through these totalitarian repressive policies of COVID, intentionally destroyed what's left of the world economy and imp impoverished the majority of mankind. And now their solution to the destruction they wrought is this some kind of like digital dictatorship or electronic concentration camp. Um, and you've mentioned it as well in your essays, and I've mentioned that it. it's it, it is a total Nazi eugenics uh, plan. In fact, this week I read in the UK um, that they were saying, uh, I mean, it was flat out eugenics that they're, they're not going to for the resuscitation orders. For people that have like learning disabilities or disabilities that they, they are not going, they're taking away, um, they're basically going to let, let the people die. That's flat out eugenics. And Bill Gates, even in an interview called his program, you know, vaccines or whatever, a final solution. People can find that out. You know, uh, I'm not kidding. The host had to correct him and said, maybe you shouldn't use the term final solution. But so for, I, I, if you could expand on this thought of, you know, this global economic collapse, this great reset, it just is frightening. It, it seems totally like dystopian. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've gone to, I've been predicting this for 20 years, by the way, and all the people around me keep kidding me about that because now they're finally seeing, well, what you've been saying for 20 years is actually happening. You know, my wife has one word, <clears throat> excuse me, one word to describe it all is the uh, apocalypse. And, you know, I try not to start my work in the early in the morning now before I, we, we, we get together in the morning because she doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't want to hear the details, but she knows what's going on. And I almost had a nervous breakdown about four months ago with all of this and my writings and being stressed out about it. And I, I got beyond it. But 
and I live in the perfect place. I'm surrounded by nature. My house is surrounded on three sides by two rivers that meet below my house. I live with perfect love with my wife. I have three of my six kids living with me still. And so I have farmlands all around me. I live in a deep valley with maybe a hundred families. Um, but it's, I've been watching this for 20 years and why in 2020, it, it was almost too much for me to be watching because I'm very empathetic. I feel the world. I love the world. I love our race. No matter how many schmucks, <laughs> I don't know what words to use. People like Bill Gates are in this world. I mean, there's such evil and such, su I mean, Hitler was, well, you know, they've demonetized, they made Hitler into the worst person in history. Well, we have several of these guys running around today. And they're, they must have studied, you know, it's the Fourth Reich, no doubt. Coming from Germany, the, the new, the, this grand reset, you might as well be, you know, sticking out your hands and going, Heil Hitler. It's so obvious. And yet, most of us, the human race, we, I think we've turned into cattle or sheep. I don't know. We're not, how come people are not, you know, swarming um, Bill Gates' house or, or Dr. Fossey? I mean, they fooled everybody. They have, you know, the, the Democrats fighting the Republicans and make Trump into the biggest, you know, d devil. It's all so they get away with what they're doing. And it's terrible. It's really terrible. And I know how many people are suffering, dying, people, old people dying alone because they, you know, the COVID scare, so they can't even have their family around them. Hospitals have turned into, you know, like concentration camps where people go to die. If you want to die, go to a hospital at this point. And a lot of people who need to go to a hospital for cancer or heart disease are avoiding it because they know they're scared. They've scared everybody. And it's terrible. The, the most incredible thing about it all, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm a person of synchronicity. I've, I, you know, I used to live out in a beach town like in northern Brazil like uh, 20 years ago, and I could step out of my house, and you know, we didn't have a car in those days, and somebody would pass by, and right away I'd get a ride. And things happen, and the way I write. But the synchronicity of world events, let's, let's talk about one of the biggest things that's happening on the planet today. This week, last week, actually this past few years, but it's intensifying rapidly. I'm right. I wrote an essay last week, published it, and got onto dollar collapse, and it was entitled. Uh, well, I changed the title. A story of extreme cold and snow. Now, I don't usually write one every week, but I just wrote another one this morning, and the title is: Is it cold enough yet? to destroy the global warming narrative. Right now, right now, let's just talk about the United States. Forget about Russia or England or Europe or China. The biggest massive cold front has almost encompassed the whole United States. And even though millions of people have lost their jobs, Energy now that now people gonna have to pay for the lie. Energy prices over the last three four days have gone up thousands of percent. Oil, gas, natural gas, electricity. In Texas, it's a, it's a total disaster. Gas lines are freezing. Gas plants are malfunctioning. In Germany, all the solar panels are covered with snow. Windmills in Texas and Germany not working. There's no wind in Germany. In um, Texas, they're freezing. People are going to start freezing to death. People are not going to be able to afford 
the bills, the February bills in the, in the whole central and south United States are going to go through the roof. It's really getting cold. Now, I've been writing about this for 12 years. And like the global, um, the this, this viral, let's call it a scam just to make it easy. The global warming scam is the bigger, even a bigger scam because it's a bet against Mother Nature. The people, you know, when they destroyed whoever, it doesn't matter who did it, whoever destroyed the World Trade Center, whoever planned that out, the most astonishing aspect of that is that whoever planned that knew they were going to get away with it. They bet they were going to get away with it, and they got away with it. They got away with it. They did it and got away with it. And the trail of lies, you know, all these years, 20 years, 20 years. Same people with the virus, viral trip and the same people with global warming. Lying. It's like standing up and lying to God, lying to nature. And with the, the chance, taking the chance that you're going to be exposed. Now, no matter how cold it's getting, and how the disaster that's building up right now, because it's in the United States, many temperatures are 50 degrees below normal, 50. And they're still pretending we're going to, the world's going to end from global warming. It's, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. I mean, I've been reading your essays, which are fantastic. And you, you write uh, just like concisely and, and eloquently. And, you know, I've been compiling, I have this, free weekly email uh, digest that people subscri subscribe to where I compile uh, the week's news articles. And I've been finding a lot of stuff over the past few weeks and months. You know, in Mongolia, they broke uh, a record on, I used to live in Mongolia as well. And it's very cold there, but they broke a record on air pressure due to cold. Uh, you mentioned Moscow, snow record in Moscow. Uh, there was an article that said in the US, they're about to break 300 temperature records. I believe in Chile, they said they're going to lose between 50 to 100% of their fruit harvest, depending on the fruits. Uh, and it's insane. And this is also related to what we were discussing before the Great Reset, because uh, now they're tr they've tried to arbitrarily connect COVID to climate. And now they're advocating climate lockdowns, like as the next step. So <laughs> I mean, this is pretty, this is, this is going, it's getting pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're really going to get away with it at the end because they're so there, so much out on the limb. I mean, this week with the, I mean, we're talking this week, the temperatures are, are still crashing, still going down. The cold is still Arctic. You might as well live up in the North, North uh, Arctic circle at this point, you know, a great part of the United States is suffering from Arctic conditions and it's going to go through the whole week and energy prices have already shot up through the roof and will continue today and tomorrow. They're saying Monday and Tuesday. It's, you know, this is real time, you know, stuff happening and it's going to affect people where it really hurts in the cold, cold, freezing. And if the power goes out in Texas, they're talking about rolling blackouts when temperatures are below zero. I mean, this is not this is not funny. And how how it is unbelievable. And, you know, I do believe in truth and justice and lots of th good things and certainly love how, you know, <laughs> it's a really good question. Are they really going to get away with all of this or is it going to crash? Is there? My, my hope for many years is things were going to crash so hard, so hard, that the whole, it would be turning into anarchy, where all these big players would be reduced to rubble like everybody else. It would be a level playing field. Besides that, I mean, if that, that doesn't happen, you know, and then these kind of people continue controlling, you know, the people who own the press, the, you know, the narrative, there's no... No sense of truth to public narratives anymore about all these big issues about COVID. And did, did you hear about the uh, there was a conversation between the governor of Florida and Biden? Yeah, that he he told he told the apparently he told the president to uh, f off. <laughs> right, and you know these kind of people do exist. People who and have some power. 
who can stand up on a, the national and world stage. I think things are getting so extreme. And uh, I mean, as the weather is getting extreme, extreme. I mean, what's happening in the United States is extreme. You're down in Mexico, right? How far south in Mexico? I guess in the more toward, like in the center, center west. So yeah, well, this cold is getting down to northern Mexico too. Mm -hmm. You know, the just because of COVID, forget about climate for a minute. The UN is already estimating that double the amount of people this this year are going to starve. They're talking about an extra 150 million people, and they're blaming it on COVID because of the damage to agriculture and distribution. But they won't talk about the destruction of agriculture through shortening growing seasons. I mean, it started snowing in the United States at the end of the summer, but you don't hear about that. In October and November, and it was winter already in many places, but there was no reports about crop destructions in the United States, but food prices are going through the roof. You know, I live in a poor country, you know, surrounded by people who make very little money, and then food prices double. You know, what happens? The people are starting to eat a lot less. Yeah, even even here in, in Mexico, it's the same. I'm, I'm reading articles that people are saying, you know, if the pandemic doesn't kill us, we're going to die from hunger. I, I, I've, I've just been reading little corner shops in Mexico, 150,000 shut down, 30,000 restaurants shut down. It's like genocide, if, if actually what, what the, these policies are are doing and something that you mentioned as well i felt exactly the same way as you for 20 years i've been foreseeing these things and i've gone through the motions as well just watching it all play out over the last year uh and my wife has similar reaction to to, to yours she doesn't want to hear these things and eventually i kind of just kind of accepted where where, where things are and I, because I'm also a student of history, a professor of history, I have an intimate knowledge of, you know, totalitarianism and what we're experiencing. It's, it's literally what, and my, many of my guests have confirmed this as well. Um, we spoke recently to an Italian architect who said, you know, the, the people who lived under Mussolini, uh, what we're experiencing now is just like the Italians under Mussolini, the Germans under, under uh, Nazi Germany, where they just went along at the time and they were just using excuses like oh we didn't know and yeah it's 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 really hard to wake people up they're so inv emotionally invested in things and they have normal normalcy bias cognitive dissonance whatever you want to call it and it's it's frustrating i think only during these times there's a minority of people that can break through the propaganda and there's the ancient philosopher that said pain is the people basically will only learn by through pain and it's kind of like what you're saying, that it's not until things get really, really dark and visceral that they start to wake up. Yep. You know, one of the biggest and most disgusting parts of this COVID trip are the masks. The masks. You're basically, you know, I've heard different you know, ways of describing them. First, it was muzzling the human race, and then it went to suffocating the human race. And now they want to double down on that and have people wear two masks and even three masks. You know, I wrote about that uh, many months ago and about the fact that you're doing two things with masks, cutting down oxygen and increasing CO2 intake. You know, cutting down oxygen is very bad. Cutting down, increasing CO2 for many people can be okay because most people today are CO2 deficient in the blood because they're breathing too fast. And that's why bicarbonate is such a good medicine because it reverses that instantly. But an essay about, I guess it was about two weeks ago, and this was kind of a discovery for me. It was also because I was writing this book, my new bicarbonate was that the, the first report came in from New York that dentists were seeing, that were seeing patients who were normally healthy, 50% of their patients were having gum disease. And me medicine has known forever that gum disease creates a systemic inflammation, which increases your, heart, your chance of having a heart attack, heart disease, or stroke. So dentists are starting, were starting to inform the human race that wearing these masks is a big problem. 
Of course, they denied the <clears throat> the medical people denied that it would. It was cutting down on oxygen or creating a problem with CO2, but it's going to be very hard for them to deny that it's creating gum disease because of the, and even worse is that uh, we're finding out that wearing these masks <clears throat> creates conditions to increase fungus infections, specifically candida. And for the last few years, you know, the, the, the biggest scare in the world actually was about a certain fungus disease or candida that was totally, you wouldn't say antibiotic, anti-fungicide resistant to the medicines for, to control fungus. So it was killing people like crazy in hospitals. And it was being kept quiet because they didn't want to scare people like they decided to scare with this virus. But this is a killer fungal disease. And wearing these masks is increasing the chances of not only gut regular gum disease or gingivitis, but of different fungal diseases, which the people are defenseless with. Now, of course, if you use bicarbonate, you can treat it. But since bicarbonate would bankrupt the pharmaceutical industry, nobody wants to talk about it. So here we are, and of course, mass is more than just the physical aspects, is the emotional, mental, spiritual, cutting off social contact. I mean, yeah, Hitler, didn't even, Hitler didn't even dream of this level of repression. Sure, with the Jews, he'd make a wear a star of David. Here, these people got the whole planet wearing masks. Yeah, I, I, I found mm -hmm. I found it very dis disturbing. For, uh, uh, you know, that was my question from the spiritual psychological perspective. Um, I can't bring myself to put it on unless it's absolutely necessary. And and, and you know, another article came out a study this week that uh, people, babies and children, it it retards their language development because they need to see uh, as they're learning language mouths. Uh, you know of of okay. people and, and you know that's one reason that, uh, you, when i go to church uh, i always keep it just under my neck i never put it on my face so my child can see my my mouth and, you know there's a psychological aspect to that and it's just unbelievable how people have gone along with this i mean it's it's very oppressive uh, you know i live in the country but when you go i go to brasilia which is the federal capital three hours from here it, it hurts to just see everybody walking around with a mask, even riding bicycles, walking alone. It's, uh, you know, I, you know, when, you know, here to go into a supermarket, you have to wear a mask. I put it over my face, walk through the door and instantly pull it down under my nose. So I breathe through my nose. Maybe if I was more of a revolutionary, I would start fighting with people, but my wife would go crazy and probably kill me. <laughs> we have to choose our battles, I think. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, th there's another uh, topic that you've touched on that we're all, that's also important that we're all uh, dealing with, which is, uh, you know, you put out a YouTube video recently, a, a brief one saying that you're preparing to uh, use alternative platforms. Just last week, I believe we've seen Dell Big Tree of the fantastic High Wire program, as well as uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who had a almost a million followers on Instagram. He was just deplatformed. Um, I mean, he's even been deplatformed from Mailchimp, that that uh, the number one newsletter service, and so as well as this muckraker anti-corruption organization, uh, Project Veritas, was just deplatformed from Twitter, and on and on it goes, and so. I mean, it's getting absolutely insane. And so, you know, what's your take on this censorship and how we can adapt or respond to such measures? Well, I've been censored. It's almost three years since Google started diminishing my traffic and Facebook did the same thing. And I've had to survive through it. I'm not sure. I think I have some divine protection. You know, I'm... It was, it was, what, 20 years ago? Maybe, no, like 23 years ago when I first got on the internet, when I left this area I'm living in now, went to Rio. Um, you know, I realized when I was on the internet that, you know, everything, you, every word you type 
is can be recorded somewhere. So and so you're responsible for every word you say. So I felt like it was well, my, my it's like being in front of God. You know, God supposedly sees everything, hears everything. So I committed myself then to be responsible for every word and to be totally committed to truth as my modus operandi. I was truth. And I've made a few mistakes, like about some comets and believing Nasa and things like that through the years. And, but basically, I've honored my commitment. And so it is kind of terrorizing to this whole wave of oppression. I mean, for sure, if I lived in China, I'd be dead already. I mean, if I, one week there and publishing what I published, they would come and kill me. And it looks like it's going to get that way through the whole, if they get their way, the whole world is going to go to like a Chinese oppressive model. Yeah, through the history, you know, they, they kill people like me. They kill the truth speakers. And it's always been that way. The truth has never been popular. So, you know, so there's, you know, I'm a, I'm a man, I, I, I'm not a man of fear. And yet through these years and through last year, I've had moments, you know, being a truth speaker when everything is being censored and shut down, you know, I stick out like a sore thumb. But I can't, you know, I can't escape my basic commitment to speaking the truth. You know, one line I wrote, let me see if I can find it real quick here. And today's, you know, I, I have this line where we're talking about the temperatures are amazingly cold, so 50 degrees below average. Then I write, that's probably because global warming was always a scam championed champion by idiotic, naive, or corrupt politicians who never took a science course, a description that covers the vast majority of them. I mean, that kind of covers it. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and another point, you, I, I feel the same way as well. I mean, they, they can come and take me and sit me down you know, let's say the government or whatever, and, you know, tell me, you know, say that the, the sun is purple. And I'm going to be like, no, I can't. It's yellow. You know, like regardless of the consequences, I, I just can't shut up regardless of the consequences. And it's something you write about as well. When we think of our children, our grandchildren, and having this empathy just for uh, humanity in, in general, that we have to point out that the emperor has no clothes. I mean, we, we have to fight against these systems and people like us have Kept, have gotten us to this point in history, you know, who have always pushed back against this wave of, of evil. You know, sometimes students tell me, you know, what's the point? Uh, uh, things are so corrupt. You know, I've taught in Mexico and Kazakhstan and they all have their problems. And they said the government is so corrupt in Mexico or, or Kazakhstan. What's the point? And I say it, you know, you're never going to have a full democracy or, or, or freedom, but it's like a wave where if you don't push back against it, you're going to have even more um, tyranny and corruption and, and dictatorship. And a, an article that you wrote about, and I feel the same way, is that you're not very optimistic considering how things are going. Uh, I feel the same that we're on this trajectory that once it starts, it doesn't stop. It snowballs into greater tyranny that lasts for a good while, right? It can last for a few years, like in the World War II years, for a decade or even more. And you said you recently purchased a farm in Brazil to prepare for the worst case uh, scenario. I'm considering the same. Uh, you've talked about problems with food availability, food prices, the, the climate, and in general, this authoritarianism that we're experiencing, financial problems. Um, and you know, having a place like a farm to go off to can be a life saver. I just read that during World War II, those who had working farms in rural France you know, did the best. They did extremely well. And I've had a number of people contact me to discuss these issues uh, as well. And so, you know, going forward, like this, this new dark age, because people are calling this this new feudalism, you know, this te techno technocracy, you know, how, how do you, how should people, what are some tips you think, how, how should people prepare uh, for, for this? Well, I think some people, many people should think of, well, if you don't have money today, there's nothing you can do. You know, most people today are sitting ducks. If you had money, you know, for sure, I'd be thinking of moving south, very far south. I've invited people to Brazil. I bought this, this new piece. It's a fruit farm. It's only less than a mile from my house. 
And I've been eating manga juice like you wouldn't believe. I, the, the piece of land I bought was uh, uh, a uh, British-American guy 40 years ago bought this land, and he planted all these fruits and then abandoned the place. So I have manga trees um, that are like six stories high. I mean, just amazing, very exotic fruits. Uh, and I've invited people to come. You know, I, I have the space. I have a construction company, my, my team who built my house, these guys who were basically with me for life at this point. Um, I've offered several times, you know, to that I, I'm in a situation where I could bring two or three families down here and build houses for them. And nobody's taken me up on it. But it's, you know, it's like getting to the point, you know, I mean, just for the climate and the food aspects, you know, people in the north and the far north in Canada, and no, even down to Texas, as they're finding out this week, it's going to be hard to survive. It's not a joke. It's not a, they were they were totally right. Climate, this is a climate emergency, but we're not going to melt or sweat to death. People are going to freeze to death. It's not going to be just starvation, but it's going to be death through cold. And um, so, yes, but it's getting kind of late. People are so zombied out. You know, there are times when people, like in Germany, you know, the, the small ones got out. They ran. They just ran. Went over mountains. They risked their lives. They ran. I think it's that kind of situation that you, you, you got to start thinking radically. I mean, there, of course, the survivalists have been doing this for years. The preppers, you know, there are plenty of people. Uh, one of the things I've been promoting for many years as a, well, as a medical tool, because it's a medical device, but at this point, it could be a survival tool. These uh, infrared mattresses, I have them all over my house here. You put them on the bed and turn it on at night and you give it a half hour to warm up and you jump into it and, oh, wow, it's like heaven. In the winter or when it's cold, Instead of heating the whole house, which can cost a fortune today, you just heat your body and it takes away pain. It's If you have a flu, only place to be is on an infrared mattress. Only place to be. The only thing that gives comfort. Uh, but they're medical devices. They're good for cancer patients and you name it. Because death is cold. Warmth is life. So infrared is, you know, it's, it's why when you hug somebody, you feel so, one of the reasons it feels so good, because you're sharing your infrared, all warm bodies radiate infrared. So today, if I was living in the States and I couldn't move, I would get a, a, a biomat and maybe even a generator because you can't even count on electricity in a real cold emergency. And so instead of dying in your house, you, you snuggle up in bed and you just heat yourself and your wife and your kids on a biomat. Yeah, that, that makes I mean that makes perfect sense from the health perspective as well as the economical. I, I'm I'm lucky that I live in a, I chose to reside in a temperate climate where we don't need air conditioning and we don't need heating. So you don't need any kind of uh, energy for 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 the weather. It's 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 perfect pretty much for the whole year. Uh, and I I would say as well I have profited much from. Uh, your health advice and that of your peers, as I've previously uh, listed, you know, eating well, taking natural supplements, spending time in the sun to get vitamin D in nature, avoiding stress, and many of the other things people can find on your uh, website. Um, I don't know if you have any, uh, you know, final final thoughts for us as 2021 gets underway, um, any other aspects related to health or, or what people, how should... Oh, sure, me... Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we talked about bicarbonate, but what really got me on the world medical stage was my book, Transdermal Magnesium Therapy. I'm 68. Uh, last January, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And in two weeks, two weeks, I beat my diabetes. My blood sugar has, I haven't had a problem since. How did I do it? 
I took a lot of magnesium. Magne, you know, one of them again, like bicarbonate, it's not as ignored as, I mean, bicarbonate is definitely totally ignored. Magnesium has, you know, quite a bit of steam in the world, but still by the oncologists, I mean, oncologists would never recommend it. Cardiologists would never recommend it. But in two weeks, I crashed my blood sugar levels with magnesium because magnesium is essential for insulin production, the, uh, the, the structure of insulin, the shape, so its effectiveness, and insulin receptivity. So there are big things, and two biggest are that things that can really help that we'd be really good to stock up on would be magnesium and sodium bicarbonate, which costs almost nothing. Magne good magnesium costs you some money. Um, the best comes from underground Europe, from the Zischtein Sea. It's magnesium oil, which is magnesium chloride, which you can put on your skin. You can drink it. You know, it's, you know the world is, is suffering a health crisis, not a COVID crisis, but certainly a health crisis. People are dying right and left. I mean, I guess it's 9 million a year from, from cancer, 16 million from heart disease. I mean, diabetes, I mean, you, dementia, I mean, goes on and on and on. We're having a health crisis. The planet is very toxic. Of course, in Wuhan, China, when this whole thing started, they didn't talk about the incredible pollution there and that, what that was doing to people. Incre you, know, you know, if you stick, get in the car and you stick the exhaust in the car, you know, carbon monoxide is going to kill you. Well, these kind of conditions exist in certain places out in the street. And so people are suffering and dying. And the two biggest things you can do is load up on bicarbonate, take bicarbonate every day of your life, get your kids even starting to use it. Um, I use this product from the United States that I helped design called pH Adjust, which is sodium bicarbonate, potassium bicarbonate, which cuts down on the salt and gives you potassium, which you can't even buy here in, in Brazil. No, there is no product in the drugstore that has potassium, so you got to eat a lot of bananas and some magnesium. So it's a nice, and I also promote the most strongest medicine in the world, which is magnesium bicarbonate, which only exists in liquid form. So there's three natural sources in the world, one in Australia, one in California, and one in Europe, where they sell bottled water high in magnesium bicarbonate, which is like rocket fuel for the mitochondria. And I'm um, associated with a company in Florida. I met this genius guy who passed away, but who formulated in a concentrated form a liquid magnesium bicarbonate. And it is like rocket fuel because it's got the magnesium and bicarbonate and their cofactors in penetrating the mitochondria. So it's like injection of energy. So drinking like perfect water, magnesium bicarbonate water, or... Most of the people in the world can't afford that or not near a spring. In, you know, it costs a lot of money to ship water. You substitute it with magnesium chloride and baking soda, sodium bicarbonate, and two medicines that will outperform anything you can buy from a pharmaceutical company. You got to stock up on food and medicine. And these are the two medicines you should have like well, I have years supply. All years. right. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's a lot of stuff to, to take in. And, and for myself, and I'm sure other, others will, will have to spend time on uh, your, your website because there's a lot of aspects to health. And I think people should be educating themselves. Um, I mean, I haven't been to the – because of following principles such as those that you and others espouse, you know, I, I don't. I try to avoid the doctor, and I haven't been to a doctor in many, many years. Um, and so, I subscribe to your newsletter, which is great. Uh, where is the best place for people to follow your work? Um, on my site, thedoctorcircus.com, the D R S I R C U S dot com, 
And at the bottom of the side are the my newest essays, most current. Uh, for any of these subjects we talked about, like magnesium or bicarbonate or cancer, I have in my menu item, the site is organized where all my articles on bicarbonate together. So you don't have to spend a dime. You can read over a thousand essays on my site. So yeah, that's the best place, my newsletters. And I'm just moving on to these alternative uh, social media platforms. Um, that's kind of new for me. Yeah, there's a few of them, like me, we, Gab, Minds. Um, I can't even remember them all. <laughs> I don't even know if Parler is back. So yeah, we're also in. The, in the, uh, I'm also in that process as well. It can be time consuming as well, reposting everything there. So uh, all right. I, I think listeners can tell that I really enjoy bringing on guests who tell it like it is and who are not afraid to stand up to the tyranny of our day, be it uh, big pharma, big tech, uh, or the global elite. Uh, so Dr. Circus is certain, certainly one of these uh, brave men. Uh, thank you for your courage and for being on Geopolitics and Empire. Well, thank you for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast and interview. I would like to remind you that our website is geopoliticsandempire.com and you can sign up for our mailing list that goes out each weekend with the latest podcast and a long collection of important news headlines. It's good to sign up for the newsletter in case we experience censorship and deplatforming. You can help the Geopolitics and Empire podcast by subscribing to and interacting with all of our channels such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, Minds, and Steemit. You can also help us by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platforms such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Spreaker, and so on. Finally, if you value our work and our mission and would like to see us continue interviewing experts from across the political spectrum, please consider leaving a one-time donation via PayPal or Bitcoin or becoming a regular monthly supporter on our Patreon. All the links can be found on geopoliticsandempire.com. Thanks for listening.